Welcome back to another episode of Run Yogi Diaries. This is your host Santosh Shiva. If you're new to the channel, please do remember to subscribe, hit like if you like this conversation, and leave your comments below and let us know what you took away. Extremely excited to have in the house today Ricky Singh, a mountaineer, ultra runner, and a marathoner of some tremendous repute. We get behind the scenes on his journey. you know his lessons that we can take away in our own practice so let's dig in hi ricky welcome to run yogi diaries uh good evening santosh how are you hope everything is well everything is well it's even better now talking to you <laughs> well i'm glad to be here with you awesome so ricky thanks for joining the show and uh, you have a phenomenal track record as a recreational endurance athlete and we're here to find out uh, how and why and you know how you did it but before that let me maybe take a stab at introducing who you are um ricky you are an entrepreneur uh, i understand you have diversified business uh, everything from technology to gas stations to you know whole bunch you know your blog uh, talked about that uh married kids uh live in delaware um and um uh what is i mean uh, and of course you you have a phenomenal background of recreational at- athletics as a as a as a as a passion that you follow uh what i missed uh, <laughs> well you know uh what i want to be is you know i want to be a, a good father a good husband good son and just a good all round a uh, person so everything else comes uh, comes around it you know everything else uh, really is right. a, a byproduct of being being good to your environment good to the people around you and right. also good to yourself you know good to your body good to your mind so yeah. all yeah. all the things we do kind of stems from uh, being in a good space and wanting to do even better you know wanting to be yeah. good for yourself and for everyone around you yeah yeah absolutely and and i think your journey definitely epitomizes all of that great so uh you know ricky i think we should uh, start with uh, some flashback right and get a sense of your journey um you know you've done you're a 50 states marathon finisher you have uh, multiple 100 mile of finishes finishes to your credit including badwater and i saw brazil 135 never heard of that this first time so it seems like a pretty interesting race you've done um and you've come to my backyard in uh, rocky raccoon in uh, huntsville um and a whole lot of other amazing uh, you know 100 milers uh, you're also a mountaineer uh, right uh, you you've summited some uh, some int- some tough himalayan summits including everest so uh, there's a lot going on there so maybe we should do a bit, bit of flashback and uh, how did it all start Well, it all started uh, when my kids were born. You know, I was uh, kind of a late bloomer, so I was in my early thirties when my kids were born. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I just looked at myself and said, uh, "I can do better." You know, I I wanted to be there when they grew up. I wanted to play soccer with them. I wanted to dance at their weddings. I wanted to play with my grandkids. All the things that you know people want to do with their kids, I wanted to do. Mm. and uh, i just wanted to get in good shape i wasn't in bad shape i wasn't overweight or obese or had any underlying medical conditions but i knew i could do better you know i mm. i i could uh, you know go for a walk 
you know, I could go for a little run and, and I should have. And, and that's what I did. So, mm. you know, when I got my kids uh, from hospital, I said, I'm just going to try and live a better life. I'm just going to mm. uh, try and be more responsible. And I want to live the life that I'm going to tell them to live. So I want to mm. you know, live by example, not just by words. Right. And, uh, so, you know, I just started going for a little run, started with, you know, a few blocks. And then, you know, before you know it, in, in, a, in a couple of weeks, you're down to a mile and then, you know, did a bunch of 5Ks. So my journey is very linear. It means, you know, I, mm-hmm. I first did a bunch of 5Ks. So, you know, almost every weekend we'd go out and do a 5K. And then once I was confident with a 5K, then went with a 10K. Did a bunch of 10Ks, you know, one after another. And then after a month, a couple of months, tried my hand at half marathons. And once again, did a bunch of half marathons. And then, you know, once I was confident enough, went to a marathon distance and uh, once again did... And what year are we talking about? Which? Um... So, uh, I started running in 2005. Hmm. Uh, 2006 okay. is when I did my first marathon. Hmm. And then after 2006, I've been running marathons and I didn't finish till 2017. So, almost 10 years it took me to do 50 marathons. Wow. That's an average of five marathons a year. Yeah, well, initially it was one or two a year. And then, you know, towards the end, it was more like once one a month. Then it was just a matter of, uh, you know, doing the logistics. So the thing is, the more you do, the better shape you are, uh, the easier they get. The easier on the mind, easier on the body. And you're not stressed as much. So it becomes more of a routine thing Mm. than, Mm. you know, something you stress about. And, so I remember, and, it, and, and all this was happening uh, in the Delaware area. I mean, you lived all through, uh, or yes. did you move around? No, no, no. I, I've lived in one place, uh, same house for the last whatever, mm. 20, 30 years. So we've, we, I just like being in familiar surroundings. Right, right. And uh, so what, uh, so you, 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 your journey seems to be quite linear, like you said, right? You, it was a very logical uh, you know, doing the next thing, doing the next thing. Uh, was there someone, I mean, was it self-motivated or was somebody inspiring you? Was there anybody who was kind of giving you a direction saying, hey, why don't you go do the marathon next? Or, you know, was, was there an external influence as well? Well, there's no, there's no uh, external influence as such. You know, most of the external influences were soft influences. Like, you know, you read hmm. something, you know, uh, around the fourth marathon, I encountered the 50 marathon club, 50 state mm. club. So, you know, you kind of read up on them and you're like, wow, lots of people have done this. Lots of people are doing this. Lots mm. of people are, you know, in a lot worse shape than you and they're still doing it. Some people are on their, on the third, fourth, fifth loop doing 50 marathons. So, mm. you know, it takes the, the fear, the sting out of it. Okay? Mm. And then it becomes more normal. You think, okay, all these people are doing it. I can do it too. And then mm. I kind of did it at my own pace. I wasn't in any rush. There was no, uh, you know, the only limitation was, you know, time and money and and mm. what else was going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And there was no, there was no rush. There was no nothing pushing or stopping me. Mm. And were you certain. always, were you always athletic uh, when you were growing up, or is it something that was completely new for you? So actually, you know, uh, 
I, I grew up in India. I did my uh, school in India. So, you know, in India, everybody plays cricket, soccer, mm. Mm. Uh, hockey. So just the usual things you played around. But, mm. you know, I came, um, I came here after high school, right after high school, did my college year, and then pretty sedentary life. You know, you settle down, mm-hmm. you do your degree, you, you know, kind of, look for employment or then you stumble upon whatever your calling is in life then you get married have kids so uh very normal life there was nothing athletic about that Hmm. uh, up till age 33 i had no desire to go out and you know run or no desire to get in better shape or or any you know it's just too busy Hmm. working uh taking care of family making money you know all these things that uh, kind of consume your midlife. Right. And, and why did you pick running? I mean, you could have picked tennis, you could have picked basketball. What got you into running? Uh, so, uh, you know, being in Delaware, there weren't that many uh, Indians around. So uh, a lot of the things that I like to do, uh, you just mm. need a team for that, you know, like cricket or running right, was right. something that I could have done on my own, uh, at my own speed, at my own pace. And I I didn't start going out for a run. you know i just started trying to get in better shape mm. so you know you start with a, a walk then a run walk and then finally a run so it, it's a progression in that you know it's mm. not mm. like sitting down and making a, a business plan or a plan where you're going to say i'm going to do this for two weeks and then four weeks so there was nothing like that it was mm. very organic uh you know you look in the mirror you say hey you can do better then you know you put your shoes on, go outside for a walk, start running a little bit, don't feel too good, uh, go out of breath pretty quick, and you say, uh, uh, you know, can we do a little bit better? And then, you know, in in a few weeks or in a month, you are able to do better. So it's it's a progression like that. Hmm, hmm. And, you know, I like the peace, uh, uh, you know, the the solitude. Uh, Hmm. I work in retail with a lot of people I work Hmm. with. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, other people that work for me, my co-vendors and, and you know, suppliers. So uh, it's, my, it's my time. It's it's me time. Mm, right. And I also uh, was reading in your blog that uh, you also started, uh, you, you got into business, uh, you know, in the, you know, amidst all this, right? Um, and, and was that before all this running thing started or was it kind of having happening parallelly? Uh, no, no, I had started business right after I graduated from college. So uh, okay. what happened was while I was in college, I was working a night shift at a gas station. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I always knew that there was money in business because I'd see my boss uh, every few months you get an, a nice and a nicer car. And, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, you see uh, some of your other friends and some of the other people that you hang out with. Uh, what business uh, lets them do so mm. that sort of a lifestyle appealed to me and mm. and right after i graduated i uh, managed to uh, start my own business it was a, a gas station a small one and you know kind of had to uh, work with uh, my bootstraps and uh, took me a while to get everything established and uh, once i did you know you get married after that once you get some financial stability, then you wait a couple more years to have kids because you want some more financial stability. Right, right. And, you know, by that time, uh, you know, the midlife gut comes out and, you know, the crisis begins and, you know, 
you start saying, hey, you know, you have to do other things besides make money. Yeah. And that's where there's the more to life, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but it's, it definitely seems like you're someone who sets uh, your eyes on something and then just goes after it, like, you know, like a machine, right? I mean, it seems like uh, you've done that I'm with your business. Sure it goes out like a machine. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's something that. Uh, I, I like to do. I like to have mm. goals. I like to have a plan, and I like mm. to kind of follow, and you know, take it all the way, all the way to the yeah. end. And yeah. uh, you know, those sort of characteristics help you uh, when you're doing, say, mountaineering or or ultras. You know, this thing where you can say, okay, one more uh, mile, or five more minutes, or you know, if I can still go from this pole to that pole. So not not easily giving up. So that's yeah, a, yeah. A, a mental strength that does help in, uh, especially for some of these things that we do. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So um, coming back to your uh, running journey, you you know you started you 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 know started running marathons, and um, uh, you went on to do uh, you know the fifty states in ten years. Uh, when did um, the other elements get into your life, like mountaineering and maybe ultra running. How did that come about? Which was so first, actually? Way. Yeah, so around the around the fortieth marathon, as I was kind of as I could see the end of my fifty mm. state journey, I kind of started wondering what to do next. Mm. So uh, you know, of course, one way was to go the ultra route. You know, do a bunch of ultras. But for some reason, uh, you know, Everest has always fascinated me. I, hmm. When you're in school, there's a whole chapter on Everest. And, you know, you read about uh, Tenzing and Hillary and, you know, some of these right. uh, earlier exploits. And it just kind of stuck. And, you know, uh, the more I researched, the more I read into it, the more I believed I could do it. Hmm. Uh, hmm. It's not forbidden. You know, it was very accessible. Uh, mm-hmm. especially with the, some of the resources that I had. Uh, I knew that, uh, you know, if I just trained hard and, and had the right people around me <clears> and had the right gear and the right training, uh, there was no doubt that I could accomplish. It's mm. uh, it's not that big of a uh, project anymore. Mm. It, it's very accessible. Mm-hmm. And how did you go about it? I mean, did you hire a coach or did you you know go yeah, so, I mean there's some people uh, who go to a mountain mountaineering school and uh, learn basics of mountaineering did you have to go do all that or how do you go uh, about it so what I did was uh, you know thanks to the internet I searched for people that uh, had uh, summited Everest and mm-hmm. uh, some of the roads that they had taken uh, to the top mm-hmm. and uh, I the first thing I did was uh, I, I went to Nepal and I trekked all the way to Everest Base Camp. So I tried uh, mm-hmm. an outfit, I tried a Sherpa, and with that Sherpa, I went all the way to Base Camp. So along the way, mm-hmm. you meet lots of people, you're kind of in an environment where you're surrounded by uh, people, you're staying in a guest house where the, you know, the owner of the guest house has summited Everest uh, mm-hmm. a couple of times. Uh, you know, your Sherpa has summited Everest a couple of times. So just being around people, mm-hmm. you kind of want to pick up as much knowledge as you can from them. Uh, so I went to uh, Nepal, specifically Everest Base Camp, five different times. Wow. In, in a two and a half uh, year span. So I would go every six months and I would spend uh, four to six weeks there. 
So I would trek mm. there, I would hang out there. And every time I would choose a, a different uh, company, a different outfit, a different group of Sherpas. Mm. So around the third, my third trip is uh, when I kind of met uh, the people that I thought were mm. the team, you know, the, the dream team, the, the, the eat people, the one that were going to uh, help me. And then you kind of, you know, talk with them and come up with a plan. And you say, hey, this is what my final destination is. What do you think I need to do? And mm. then they kind of make up a plan for you and they say, okay, let's summit, uh, let's say Mira Peak or let's summit Lobuche Peak and then let's summit Manasulu. So, you know, they came up with a plan and uh, all I did was follow that plan. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, five EBCs in two and a half years, that, that's a pretty serious uh, commitment for someone who's, you know, for someone who's living in the United States, you know, and, and it's not like you have a business, you have, you have a family that you have, and then going out uh, five times in two and a half years must have been a fairly serious uh, commitment on your, on your side, right? It was. Uh, and, you know, it's for all the reasons that you said that mm. I wanted to be careful. I wanted to come back. I, I you know, mm. so Everest was, uh, of course, it's a dream. But, you know, I did want to come back to my home, my business, my family, my wife, my kids. So I was extra careful. Mm. And uh, because I had my own business, because I had the, the resources, because I could schedule my own, uh, you know, manage my schedule. Uh, I try to take advantage of every uh, possibility and every blessing that I had. Right. And, uh, you know, I would every six months I would go there for, uh, you know, a few weeks. And then you kind of did right. Everest Base Camp and then you kind of hung out, you tested your gear, you met with people. And mm. every time I learned something new. Mm. Mm. So what were you learning in this process? So you're learning about gear, you're learning about mm. different conditions, you're learning about how people reacted to mm. uh, the various uh, things that could happen on Everest. Mm. They're telling you what to expect and uh, how do you react to different stuff. They're telling you what happens at Camp 1, what happens at Camp 2, uh, all the things that could go wrong, all the things that could go right. Uh, how much support you need, what kind of food you should eat, how many calories, you know, all these uh, logistics, all these uh, mm. the nitty gritty that you're not going to find in a book. You know, nobody's mm. going to tell you, mm. hey, 5,000 calories. Right. Nobody's going to tell you maybe, you know, uh, you need to drink, uh, you know, so many fluids or, you know, you may have trouble eating it or. Uh, I'll give you an example, like a water bottle, mm. right? So if uh, a water bottle, when you fill the water bottle, if you don't clean the top really, really good and you just mm. close it, once you get up on, uh, you know, camp one, camp two, uh, the thing is frozen. It's frozen mm. shut. You can't open it. Mm. Mm. So, you know, just the little things that, hey, you know, before you close it at base camp, you got to wipe it very, very nicely. Mm. Make sure mm. there's no water. So there's no chance of it freezing because when you need it, you need to be, you know, able to open that bottle. Right. But normally when people fill it, they, you know, there's always spillage and there's always, you know, nobody cleans the top before you close it. Right. But that's something right. that, uh, you know, they have taught me. Like, here, you know, every time you fill the water bottle, make sure you clean the top very, very well before you close it. Mm -hmm. Because if the top freezes, even though you have the water, 
it's it's of yeah. no use to you right so you know just and, and little things mm-hmm. yeah no that makes sense what about um, your own physicality uh, i mean you you run marathons i mean you've been running quite regularly how and, and talking about uh, running itself what typical volumes per week were you running uh, around this time in your around your 40th marathon so i was doing about uh, 30 to 40 miles a week 30 40 that miles that was my kind of kind of volume. volume right so there was, was some level of mm-hmm. yes so there was uh, i was very comfortable you know i was doing mm. a marathon a month towards the end i was in really good mm. shape mm-hmm. uh, i wasn't stressing it uh, you know i was just flying running the marathon and coming right back Uh, mm-hmm. and then you know just going back to work next day so it was yeah. a, a very uh, simple process i, I was in mm-hmm. good shape mm-hmm. thank god and and how did was there uh, when you started getting ready for everest and you know you did these ebc you know ebcs five times uh, did your did you feel that a body was demanding something different from your running and what did you learn about that so you know typically uh, ultra runners uh, are are in good good shape and good mm. uh, uh, heart health shape and mm. their mm. their oxygen absorption is pretty good mm-hmm. so uh, some of the people that i had met had uh, you know they were ultra runners also and they would mm. say hey you know you have an advantage over somebody that's uh, not done any cardio so you know mm. just because mm. you've been doing it for so long and and you've done so much you have you have an advantage right uh, you just need specific training so you know you just need uh training on ladders you need training with crampons mm. you need training with your ice axe you need just training you need technical training right but right. from a cardio perspective you're good right and that right. that gave me confidence and it did make life easy because you know you're mm. not trying to do 10 different things at the same time so right. when i was trying to learn the technical aspects uh, i wasn't running 80 miles a week or 100 miles a week to trying to get into better cardio shape i was mm. in good shape right right great and and how was the and what year did you uh, summit everest 2019 2019 and how was it how was it how it was, was your stuff mm. yeah you know as as usual uh, everest is never going to be easy nobody's going to mm. say i just went for a stroll it was stressful <laughs> Mm. and uh, you know you're in an environment where you you can't really practice for it you know you're in the, mm. in the death zone you're you're in minus uh, 30 40 degree temperatures with 50 mile winds with nothing around you so it mm. is a stressful place to be and uh, i was happy to come back i was glad uh, the fun was in the journey it was mm. only a few minutes at the top you you go you say a small prayer you know you sit down for a few minutes you look around you and then you know look at the watch and say let's get out of here you know it's it's a, it's a god forbidden mm. place god doesn't <laughs> want you here you know it's, right, it's the closest right. you're going to be to god and you know you just say a little prayer and then you move down and then mm. uh you kind of have to focus on on really really getting down because you know most of the mishaps most of the mm. bad things happen coming down Mm-hmm. when you going up you know you have your adrenaline you have you know you're still relatively fresh you have all the supplies mm-hmm. you have the food you know everything you need and then once yeah. you get up uh, you need some really extra motivation to try and come back uh because you know your adrenaline's not there anymore and you know you're kind of tired yeah. and you've achieved your goal and and yeah. nothing else matters mm-hmm. 
nothing else matters. But uh, right. you know, right. coming down is mandatory. So it was important. Interesting. Yeah, fascinating. So uh, a lot of folks who uh, you know do these um, uh, extremely challenging mountaineering summits says uh, say it fundamentally changes you as a person. Did it, did that happen to you at all, or uh, did some so, new perspective? Uh, so nothing happened at the top. When mm-hmm. I got to the top, there was no epiphany. There was, you know, there was nothing magical happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever happened, happened in the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, as part of the journey, I went to Nepal five times. I met some really, really cool people. I mm-hmm. learned a lot of stuff. And you kind of mm-hmm. uh, learn to live with yourself. So mm-hmm. mountaineering is kind of a, it's a boring sport. So, you mm-hmm. know, you, you go up a few feet and then you hunker down in a tent and it's really really cold and it's windy and you kind of just lying in your uh, sleeping bag in in a tent hoping everything doesn't blow away and it you know you're just there for one day two days or whatever it t- takes mm. for you to get over that storm and then you come down and you know you kind of freshen up a little bit then you go back up so it's kind of a boring thing and you kind of have to learn how to stay busy you know your mind mm. is playing tricks on you you got you still have 24 hours yeah. and uh, you're still awake. Your mind is still fully functional. And even though it's bitter cold outside and there's no place and, you know, you're still, you know, all huddled up, all balled up in your sleeping bag. And then you got something else on top. Uh, you kind of learn to appreciate what you have. I know mm. when I came back, I, I really appreciated a hot shower, some warm food. Uh, you know, just to be around family and not have to, you know, break ice every time and warm it mm. up for some water. Uh, so just learns you learn so much about yourself when you're in a fight for survival. When you take everything out, you know, there's no electronics, there's there's no mm. luxuries, there's no bathrooms, right. there's no uh, there's no prepared meals, and you know, just when you break everything down. To its, 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 its essence, you know, mm. everything is broken down to the atomic level. Mm. Uh, everything is bare, you know, all your thoughts are bare. And then you kind of have to figure out how do you live with yourself? How do, what do you do? You know, how do you kill time? And, mm. and it's almost uh, meditative. You know, you're just, uh, you, you're lying down, you got nothing to do, but your mind is fully active. So and, how do you do it? How did you... For you, how, how do you how did you manage to how did you manage that that time that time of nothing doing nothing? Uh, so you know, you just have to work with the the, the stillness. You know, you just have to mm. learn to uh, be comfortable with nothing. There's mm. nothing going on. There's there's howling winds and it's very very cold and you just mm. uh, huddled in and you just. You know, you don't let bad thoughts come in your mind. You, you're not mm. thinking, hey, I'm going to get blown off this cliff in the next five minutes. You're thinking, hey, you know, in the next two weeks, I'm going to be down at base camp. I'm going to have, uh, you know, mm. accomplished my mission. In, in three weeks, I'm going to be home with my kids and I'm going to be drinking the hot coffee and, and the cold beer and, and, and you know, eating the nice food. So you're just working on, on positives. You know, you just, Mm. Trying to turn every negative into a positive and say, "Hey, uh, this is uh, you know this is good. Uh, I'm gonna use this time uh, to reflect. Uh, th- I'm gonna use this time to uh, 
kind of think about my relationships. I'm going to use mm-hmm. this time to go back and try and be a better person. You know, you kind of reflect mm-hmm. on things and say, hey, uh, you know what? I, I was a jerk maybe, you know, uh, six months ago, I said this to somebody. Maybe there was a better way of handling mm-hmm. that. So you kind of revisit a lot of things that have gone on. Mm-hmm. That's the only way, at least for me, it was to uh, kill time, to reflect, to meditate, and just mm. work on myself. And and that's where the learning was. Getting mm. to the top was kind of was okay. It was it was great. It's it's life changing in the sense that the journey that you have to take to get there. Uh, that's what transforms you. Getting mm. up doesn't. You know. So if somebody had a magical transporter and they took you to the top and brought you back nothing's gonna happen it's the you know it's the six weeks that you spend on that mountain trying to get there and and negotiate every obstacle that comes in your way that's Mm -hmm. what changes you you know you kind of learn about life that no matter how dark it is no matter how windy it is no matter how cold it is the sun will uh, come up again it is gonna get warm and I'm going to get up and I'm going to be able to do all these things. And, you know, when I get up in the morning and I open my, uh, you know, the, the the gate or the cover for my sleeping bag, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a beautiful view. It's mm. not going to be anything like it is right now with, you know, the howling winds and the blinding uh, gale and, and all the snow. Tomorrow's yeah. going to be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that's a very. Um profound and i think the thing that you said about uh just being with yourself and uh, realizing um, multiple things including you know being a jerk with someone uh must have been extremely transformative uh you know and must be a load of weight just getting lifted off your heart or whatever the you know the way to for a lack of a better word uh that itself is hugely transformative it did, and every time I went on that mountain and I came back, I I appreciated life a little mm. bit more. I appreciated the people in my life a little bit more, mm. Mm. and I was just a nicer person to be around. You know, I mm. I wouldn't, uh, you know, if the food wasn't warm enough, I I wouldn't, you know, just, you know, uh, lose myself. You know, mm. I was just a nicer person to be around, mm-hmm. just because I had seen so much. And then you kind of realize that this is all trivial stuff, you know, mm. relationships are important, mm-hmm. uh, you know, staying focused is important. And the small things will, they'll work itself out, you know, right. you don't have to have, uh, you know, lunch at one and, you know, if your food comes in underprepared, it's it's really not a big deal. Mm. Or if, uh, you go somewhere and it's, it's not in perfect shape. It really doesn't matter. You know, we're all yeah. humans and we're all trying to uh, live our lives. And, you know, some are going to be better at others, but, you know, we're all, yeah. we're going to make it. We're all going to manage. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like when I hear you say this, it's almost like uh, you you get present to the enormity of life uh, for, for its own sake you know, devoid of all the other uh, conveniences and inconveniences that we get uh, entangled into in, in, you know, day-to-day living. Uh, it's almost like when I hear you, 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 you almost get present to that 
overarching magnanimity of life itself and it goes on <laughs> and how we get caught into all these you know trivialities uh is what i'm hearing you know what what i think mountaineering has done to you especially something as uh, epic as uh, training and getting prepared for mount everest beautiful yeah there is you yeah. know there can be no ego on everest you know you're not yeah. going to make it if you have an yeah. ego it, it's so vast it's so huge and you know yeah. you see avalanches everywhere you see you know you see cliffs you see moving snow you see dead bodies and you realize yeah. that you know you could easily be on the other side you could yeah. easily you know yeah just because you think you're fit and you know an avalanche comes it's not going to help you one bit you just it, it treats everybody equally equal <laughs> yeah you just need that slice of luck also yeah. on top of being vigilant and you know doing all the right things mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, you know your faith is it's all it almost renewed my faith mm. in in people in uh, in god in myself mm-hmm. you know you mm-hmm. kind of realize that hey we can do tough things mm-hmm. we can have big mm-hmm. goals we can do tough things and uh, every low is going to be followed by a high and every high is going to be followed by a low i mean that's mm-hmm. just the cycle of life there's nothing to give up nothing to you know get overjoyed or get, get carried away you know right right when you're at right. a high you just kind of waiting for the for the low you're like okay mm-hmm. let's be careful yeah. you know yeah So makes sense ego kind of takes a back seat when you're in one most of these places yeah awesome amazing so um so you've you know you you got busy you got focused around mountaineering you did all this and you seem to also have done a whole bunch of uh very tough 100 milers in in the, you know amidst all that including recently you did the bad water uh you've done the brazil 135 and i saw a few others So how did when did that uh, kind of uh, find its way in your life So once I did Everest uh, then it's like what do you do next and uh, then I said hey I'm going to tackle this uh, this 100 mile and beyond distance I'm just going to you know try and stay in good shape so that the next opportunity I get to uh, do some of these awesome things I'll be ready for it Mm. and uh so i came back and i kind of fit right back into running and i really didn't want to go to the marathon distance there was no mm. challenge left in it you know i thought mm. uh it's very doable you know maybe i could have gone faster if i trade trade you know did some more training but it wasn't appealing to me it was it just mm. you know i had done and uh i said i'm just going to try and do some longer distances and Mm. uh for me the important thing is the journey you know the the time that it takes to get to the destination so i wanted mm. to be comfortable with a 100 miler and it takes about 4 months of training to get there uh or that's what it took me to do the first one so i kind of trained for 4 months got busy you know life is good and you're training and so 4 months go by then you do one and then uh you think hey you know maybe i can Uh, learn some more stuff and it doesn't always go according to plan and then you know you train some more and uh so which was your first direction. one what what was the first one you signed up for uh the first one i did was uh, the one in brazil so i the, my first ultra was 135 miler 
uh, in Brazil, Brazil 135 in the Andes Mountains. Mm, so okay. I kind of got my uh, butt kicked a little bit. I was kind of <laughs> overconfident. Hey, I've done Everest mountains, no big deal. Uh, 15, 16,000 feet, no big deal. Mm. But, uh, you know, overconfidence has a strange way of coming back and biting you and, and kind of, mm. uh, even though I finished and I did it, it wasn't a, that great of an experience. And then you say, hey, I'm just going to work harder. And uh, we've been working since then, just mm. trying to get better. And you've been doing what? Um... Uh, an average of a hundred miler every year, or a couple of them a year. So I do, I do about three or four a year. Hmm. Uh, three or four uh, big races a year. Okay. And what's up? What's with your volume now? I mean, you 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 were doing thirty, forty when you were doing uh, marathons. So, what kind of volumes are you running now? Uh, so now I do about fifty, sixty. Uh, it hmm. also depends on my run and and you know what kind of training I'm doing. Hmm. And I've also hmm. done some expeditions. Uh, last year, I did an expedition to Baffin Island, which hmm. is uh, close to the North Pole. Hmm. Uh, so for that, uh, I, I had to carry a, a backpack and kind of be more self-sufficient, learn hmm. some survival skills. So uh, it's not just about running, but it's just about having a good cardio base to uh, do other things uh, if I uh, so choose or if the opportunity comes. Hmm. Uh, so my desire is to go to the hardest places in the world and go to the coldest places in the world and be just as comfortable in either one of those environments. Hmm. So, and what's uh, motivating you to, to keep pushing uh, your envelope here? Um, do, do you just enjoy this this process or what's going what what's behind it so what i enjoy is is the uh, is the training phase the planning phase mm. uh this you know getting to the destination phase uh, mm. once i've done the things right i know i'm going to get to my destination mm. so mm. and most of the time destinations a quick uh you know finish line right mm. the top of the everest uh, yeah are you at the finish line maybe you you spend 10-15 minutes at the end of a race yeah uh you know grabbing some water or snacks or you know just soaking things in so mm. for me the finish line uh, is important but it's not as important as the process mm. so uh, i like to space my races and then you know also have uh, a few weeks when i'm doing nothing just you know time with family and there's also weeks where it's all intense. You know, you're doing 100, 150 miles a week. You know, I've mm. done uh, even more than that during phases of my life mm. where it's nothing but, you know, eat, sleep, train for a week, couple of weeks just to get that uh, feeling or just achieve a short-term goal and then kind of, you know, taper off and then do your thing. The goal is just to be in good shape so that whenever yeah. opportunities come up, uh, we're able to avail them. Yeah. And um, so no breakdowns, all smooth. You've never had to, it seems like you've gone from one to another uh, rather organically and um, any, any, anywhere, any, any time where you had to, some breakdowns happened and you, you felt like, gosh, this is not going to happen or already deal, deal with that. Yeah, no, no breakdowns. Uh, thankfully, knock on wood, nothing 
uh, you know, there's always aches and pains. I'm on the wood. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, you know, there's always aches and pains, and there's always. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have cut down uh, my my distance, or I have increased my distance if I'm feeling a certain way. Hmm. But uh, nothing, no breakdowns. Okay. So Good. kind of being, I'm kind of more careful, kind of do my planning. And uh, even though I do want to dream big and, and do big things, I kind of uh, don't just jump into it and, and do it, right? So like mm. for Everest, it wasn't I just all of a sudden uh, go to Everest. It was uh, it was a slow process. I took my right. time, took a couple of years. Same thing with running, took my time. It wasn't just I got up one day and said, I'm going to go run a marathon. So right. before right. I got yeah. to running a marathon, I had done a whole bunch of 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. Mm. So it was very familiar. Mm -hmm. uh, I think breakdowns happen more when kind of people are very close to their limits, mm. or you know they haven't spent enough time uh, preparing themselves for some of these challenges. Yeah. Uh, I like to go slow, uh, and we're lucky in that way. And what does your family think about all this? Uh, <laughs> good question. Uh, they they're okay. They're the kind of happy thing. anniversary, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. You know, 25 years uh, yesterday. So yeah, awesome. Uh, that that's a big deal for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, without family support, it's not possible to do anything. Mm. You know, mm. you need at some point you need a supportive partner. You need kids yeah. that kind of either support you or don't care. Yeah. So. <laughs> so what do they think? What do they think about? You know, uh, your your crazy adventures. But they are very proud of me. Uh, mm. They they certainly they certainly worry for me. Mm. And I always tell them that you know you will see my preparation. And if you ever think that I'm not prepared enough, mm. if you tell me don't do something, I I won't. So I I, mm. I respect their opinion. But they see me train. You know, even before I do anything, I have a you know on the fridge. There's a there's a schedule, and uh, you know I have. Uh, I mean, I have hired coaches and I have a team. And so I, sure. I kind of do my due diligence. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very careful that way. Uh, just like in life, you know, I just, I'm not going to go and, and do something crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's more planned uh, before any of my adventures. Well, before I sign up for anything, I start talking uh, to my wife and my kids. Like, what do you think? Right. Uh, same thing about Everest. So before I... Even, you know, uh, seriously took Everest. I was watching a bunch of Everest movies, documentaries, books. So they, they kind of uh, eased into it. It wasn't one day I got up and said, I'm going Everest, because that would have been uh, a shock. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Actually, those are great uh, golden nuggets, uh, Ricky, because um, uh, in what I'm almost what, what I'm hearing is you not just go out and do things by yourself, but you also take the effort in educating them in terms of how and why you do it. So you're not just kind of leaving in the lurch and, uh, you know, have them kind of figure this, uh, think of this as some black, crazy black box uh, and, and have them. So that that's a great, you know, uh, golden nugget of wisdom for anybody who is uh, pursuing anything. I mean, anything big, right? There's always risks involved. Um, there are benefits, obviously, on the other side. Uh, but most people get uh, especially the families can get 
hooked up to the risks part of it and uh, it's very important for you to educate them and bring them up to speed so that 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 is a great uh, a great way to do it um and um and i think it also inspires your kids i mean uh, you know they're seeing uh, they're seeing the father dad's doing this and especially i guess in our community in south asian communities uh you know uh, we know for a fact now data shows highest uh, you know rates of uh, you know diabetes you know insulin resistance and all those you know prosperity diseases are quite rampant in our community and when they see people uh, you know do it, it it kind of propels others to take on a more healthier active lifestyle right um, absolutely so that absolutely. yeah absolutely makes makes a lot of sense so um that 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 is terrific um so you know i think um uh, we did get a sense of um your amazing journey and and i'm going to share your web blog on the show notes i think uh, there's a lot more which we can't cover in just a 45 minutes one hour podcast uh you know your uh, journey of 18 years can't be condensed <laughs> it needs a book i guess uh but i'm i'm sure urge people who are listening or seeing this to go out and check out your blog and learn a little bit more of each of those events that you've done and your lessons um i do want to kind of uh, switch into uh some uh, uh a session where you can talk a little bit about maybe your top 5 um you know uh giveaways or takeaways how you want to look at it uh, from your journey you know and and, and you outlined some of that in your blog but I'd love for you to say hey, here are the five things that you want your message to the people who are listening to this that's working for you. Well, one of the first things uh, is uh, you have to dream big. So uh, dreams have to be big, you know, just by mm-hmm. nature dreams are something that have to uh, kind of scare you at first. Uh, you have to dream big. You have to aim mm-hmm. for the stars. You have to uh, think outside the box you have to think just just the thought should scare you when you mm. first start because that's what makes the journey worthwhile mm. and then you know once you uh, dream big then it's very important to kind of have a plan mm. uh, very very important to kind of write everything down and and kind of figure things out mm. uh, also uh, some people when they're in life or running they kind of they don't run their own race so mm. uh, to give you an example of ultra running if, if i'm running and then somebody starts running beside me instead of running at my pace all of a sudden i'm following their pace mm. uh, eventually that's not going to work for me mm-hmm. right and and the same thing in life where uh, you know you have a budget you you're doing certain things and all of a sudden one of your friends starts i don't know going out every weekend or or mm. you know uh doing things that uh, you're not capable of and then all of a sudden you want to emulate them or just follow them right. so one thing i always say to people is to kind of run your own race mm-hmm. don't be bothered by what's going on in your environment if somebody mm-hmm. just bought a new car you know don't let that influence your decision mm-hmm. i mean if you're going to buy one fine if that's part of your plan go yeah. ahead but yeah. don't buy something just because somebody else has has done certain things mm-hmm. the other thing is showing up is important you know once you have mm-hmm. a plan then you have to show up for the plan if if today is a 20 mile run 
then you have to show up and at least mm. try. You yeah. know, you may have to stop after 10 miles, 12 miles, something happens. That's okay. Mm. But yeah. you have to show up. You have to be there. Mm. And then you also have to be consistent. So mm. you can't show up one day and not show up the other day. Yeah. So you kind of have to work on, on showing up and be consistent and kind of stick to your goals, work at your own pace. And then the other thing that I realized from running ultras and from Everest is no matter how cold it is, no matter how dark it is, no matter how windy it is, no matter how bad it is, no matter how tired you are, there's always going to be another day. There's always going to be uh, sun's going to be out and it's mm. going to be nice and you know, you're going to get a second wind and every darkness is going to be followed by light. So you kind of have to bide your time. You don't mm. have to, or you, you don't, or you shouldn't give up at the first sign of discomfort mm. because uh, that discomfort is just temporary. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. You know, if you just slow down, if you kind of work on the mental aspect, uh, just talk to yourself and say, hey, you know, let's, let's get through the next five minutes or let's get mm -hmm. through this really, really tough phase that I'm mm -hmm. in. And, you know, once I get through this, it will get better. Right. You know, it's two o'clock at night and, and it's really dark and, you know, it's wet and, and I don't see the end. But, you know, all I need to do is wait till five o'clock, you know, get from that two o'clock to five o'clock window. And once I get to five o'clock, you know, the sun's going to start coming out. It's going to be warm. I'm going to see uh, some more people. Maybe I'll see somebody I know. Maybe I'll be able to change. So there's so many good things that can happen if you yeah. don't give up. Right. And of course, the, the final thing is, you know, you don't have to be perfect to be successful. Hmm. A lot of people have this notion that I'm going to do something once I get perfect. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to climb Everest after I'm perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You know, hmm. uh, the kind of universe accepts you as you are. And as long as you're doing your best, as long as you're showing up, as long as you're doing uh, your best efforts, as long as you're giving it everything, you will succeed. Yep. You will yep. succeed. If not today, then tomorrow. Yeah. So Makes for me, sense. that's the kind of, uh, those are the big things. Uh, you know, dream big, show up, be consistent. Don't give up when you get low. And, uh, you know, work with whatever you have. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. No, those, those are great uh, uh, golden nug nuggets of wisdom uh, coming from a practitioner. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so that's 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 amazing. That's lovely. So, uh, what's uh, next? Uh, what are you cooking? So, uh, I have a couple of expeditions planned. Uh, mm. I mean, actually, they were planned for the last couple of years, but they keep getting pushed. Mm. Uh, I do want to do a solo crossing of Lake Baikal in Siberia. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, especially in the wintertime. So what happens is it's the, it's the largest freshwater lake in the world. And mm. in wintertime, it freezes. So you kind of, uh, you know, you you have a sled and you got everything in your sled and you're self-sufficient for a week or 10 days or whatever it takes. And then you're going from one end to the other on that frozen lake. So... Uh, but because of, uh, you know, the, the geopolitical stuff happening in the world, Russia is kind of out of bounds for me right now. Mm. Uh, then uh, 
uh, I had planned on Gobi Desert, the cross uh, Gobi Desert. That also uh, is uh, kind of on hold right now because of uh, there's only two ways to get to Mongolia. One is through China, one is through Russia, and neither mm. one of them sounds good right now. <laughs> uh, I do How do you find other. these? How do you find these projects? Well, some of these projects are with friends, uh, you mm. know. Uh, so, one of the benefits of doing some of this stuff is meeting people, meeting mm. different people, people that I would never come across in my day-to-day life. You know, people mm. that uh, plan this, do this. Uh, and help others do it too, you know. So right, right. one thing I've seen is there's a lot of good people in the world, and uh, my faith in humanity is kind of restored every time I go to one of these places and and do some amazing things. Is mm-hmm. you see how good people are, you know. Once you take yeah. them out of this uh, rat race, and you're out in the open, you know, people do care for each other, mm-hmm. and people uh, genuinely want to help you, and people want to uh, kind of guide you. Uh, help you they want to crew you they want to you know kind of motivate you and uh wonderful they've gotten it from people and they're passing it on and at some point in my life i hope i can pass it on so it's the cycle of life you get it you pass it on and hopefully whoever gets it passes on to somebody else and uh you know we can all enjoy some of these uh beauties that nature has provided and some of these places that are off the beaten track Hmm. Awesome. Great. Uh, I mean, we look forward to uh, the geopolitical situation settling down, so you can go out there, and we'll we'll keep an eye on out out uh, to do for you to do that. Uh, terrific. I think we covered a fair bit of ground uh, here, Ricky. Um, and uh, the last part of my conversation is a fun Q and A round. So, uh, you ready for that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do that. So, uh, we never didn't get to talk about food. Um, and uh, I know uh, you're probably a Punjabi, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, and we all know Punjabi food is great. And people who are from Punjab also love good food. Yes. So, um, what is your favorite junk food or your indulgence? If you will. Uh, so if uh, if I were to say one thing, I would say chole bature, uh, something that I have maybe you know once every couple of years, but I dream about it. Couple of years, it. that's I, it. <laughs> I I dream about it all the time. You know, you go to a restaurant and you look at the menu and it's right there, and then you know you kind of think, oh my god, you know it's uh, I don't know eighteen hundred calories for that damn thing, and you know you'd have to run I don't know three four hours just to break even on those <laughs> calories, and you're like ah oh, man. And then, you know, you like, maybe I'll do half and then like, nah, you know, just, so it's, it's something that I dream about. Right. And, and I do eat once in a while, but, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, uh, like on Everest, I was on Everest. I remember I was on camp four and it was really, really cold. And, and all I could think of was, you know, chole bhature. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to go back. And, uh, you know, first thing I'm going to eat is, uh, chole bhature. And you know, that, that went on for a while. So just. Just things to keep your mind busy, you know, yeah. keep your mind occupied. Uh, so it's like hallucinations, right? So, you know, yeah. if you're in an extreme environment, mm. your mind uh, starts hallucinating because it takes, it wants to take uh, you out of the reality and, and take you to another world. So you're not feeling uh, all this stuff around you. So for me, 
it's almost like hallucinations, you know. Chole yeah. bature. Chole bature. There you go. Uh, the best compliment you ever got for your lifestyle. I, I got it from my son one day, and mm. uh, you know, he said, uh, "Dad, I'm glad you do what you do. I think you're crazy for doing it, but uh, I'm glad uh, you do, and and you know, you, you do it safely." So for me, that was. Uh, an ultimate compliment coming from somebody that I'm uh, trying to impress, somebody that I mm. think uh, I'm, I'm trying to show him that you know ordinary people can do extraordinary things if they just put their mind to it. There's you know you yes. don't need you don't need extraordinary talent to do these, some of these things. They're they're very doable as yeah. long as you know you you do the right thing and you put your heart and mind in it. They're very, very doable. You know, you see all the time uh, people doing extraordinary things, and and they're they're all very ordinary people. Uh, when you take them out of that context and you meet them one on one, you know, they're they're simple uh, people. They're they're very nice people. They have no airs about, but you know, they've done amazing things. Yeah. And then you realize that hey, you know, sometimes. The more you do, the the you know, the lesser your ego is. You know, not necessarily. Um, yeah. People can do good things, and you don't have to be extraordinary to do them. Yeah, perfect. Uh, the hardest criticism you've gotten about your lifestyle. Uh, so when people say that uh, I'm doing things out of my ego, or when people say, "Hey," Uh, somebody yeah. specific that mattered to you told you that? Uh, no, just some friends uh, hmm. that told me, quote unquote, friends have told me that hey, I'm very selfish hmm. uh, to put my family through this, and uh, I'm gonna uh, hurt my knees, and I'm gonna be a cripple, and you know, <laughs> I, uh, I'm I'm just subjecting my family to all this. And then hmm. on the other hand, there's people that say hey, I can do all this because you know. Uh, I'm well established, and, and mm. I have, I have the resources to kind of plan this thing, and and that stuff stings a little bit because mm. no matter what you have, at the end of the day, you have to do, you have yeah. to do it. You know, you have to, yeah. you know, show up. You have to get in that environment, and you have to overcome the obstacles. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, no amount of uh, uh, money is going to help you. Uh, if, if you don't have the right mindset. Yeah. So to get to that mindset, to get to that point in life where, you know, it really doesn't matter, that's important to me. But, uh, yeah. you know, criticism like that, uh, unwarranted criticism, and especially mm. coming from people that are not uh, active themselves, that aren't, mm. uh, you know, that have basically uh, not achieved anything. So that kind of stings a little bit. But then yeah. you understand people are going to do what, you know, project their insecurities on yourself. Um, but it's okay. Yeah, got it. Uh, your favorite running gadget? My favorite running gadget is uh, my Koro's watch these days. Uh, ah, I've nice. I've just gotten a new watch and, and I'm kind of enjoying uh, looking at my numbers and my splits and my yeah. heart rate and I, and I wear it when I'm sleeping so it tells me how many hours I slept and if I had deep sleep or not so deep sleep. So uh, never had access to that kind of uh, technology. Mm. So I've just 
I'm kind of a, not technologically that savvy. So we're kind of a, what they call bear runners, you know, mm. don't have all the latest gadgets and tools. And so just getting a watch me with uh, all that information is yeah. uh, eye opening to say the least. Yeah. 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 B-A-R-E runners, not B-A-R runners, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. B-A-R-E runners. <laughs> Got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Koros is great. I, I use a Koros. I love it. Uh, by the way, Koros is not sponsoring this show. Just, no. just so that everybody knows. We just Absolutely. love the product. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're a sunrise or a sunset person? I'm a sunrise person. So I like sunrise getting up person. early in the morning and, uh, you know, getting to bed early. So yeah. by 9, 9.30, I, I try and, you know, get my sleep in and try and get up early a little bit and kind of get things uh, out of the way. Nice. Terrific. The last one I have is a question I ask all my guests, which is a movie question. And that is, if we made a movie of your life uh, till now, uh, A, what genre would you place it in? And B, who would you hire to play your character? Which so actor would you hire? It would definitely be a documentary. Uh, mm. So it wouldn't be a love story. It wouldn't be uh, an action thriller. It would actually be pretty boring. Uh, <laughs> And a question on who I would hire is, uh, you know, I would hire somebody like maybe Irfan Khan, somebody. uh, Well, Khan Khan is no more, so that's that's out. That's right. He's out. Uh, Maybe Nawazuddin Siddiqui, you know, somebody Mm. uh, very ordinary looking and don't, not necessarily, when you look at them, you wouldn't think of them as an athlete. Mm. And, uh, you know, not coming from a from a privileged background hmm. but kind of doing things uh, one by one hitting those targets and just trying to do the best we can yep terrific all right so uh, well we you did well in the Q&A and uh, learned a few more things in the process about you uh, Ricky um, kind of uh, coming up to a wrap up here um, I'll give you the last word any uh, last final message you want to give our audience before we wrap up? So I tell everybody, don't wait uh, to start. Don't wait and say, hey, I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to start on my journey unless this happens. I say, just go and start. Mm. And, uh, you know, this thing about uh, being a runner, and it's all a myth. As long as there's movement, mm. you're, you're, you're a runner. So if you go out and, and you walk and you, you know, uh, walk a little bit fast or, you know, power walk and or even if you just do a few steps of running, mm. uh, you're a runner. You know, you yeah. definitely are ahead of all the people sitting on the couch and and thinking. So yeah. I, I say, hey, you know, don't wait for any epiphany to happen. Don't wait for something big to get started. Yeah. Just start small. And, uh, you know, once you start, things will happen. You know, once you start yeah. walking, good things are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you may walk, be able to walk only 15 minutes today. But, you know, if you consistently walk 15 minutes, uh, you'll see that uh, in a few weeks or maybe a month or two, that 15 minutes is going to be very easy and you can easily extend that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, just just start, you know, just, just show yeah. up. Don't Don't worry about too many things you know i get some people all the time and they say hey uh, 
how do you run this much or I'm scared or I can't drive or I can't think. And you say, okay, you know, you don't need to think. You just mm-hmm. need to show up and mm-hmm. then you need to just uh, start yeah. and things are going to fall in place. Yeah. And, you know, even if things don't fall in place, you're going to learn a lot in that process that you're going to use next time to complete your journey. So mm-hmm. don't wait for anything uh don't wait for you know the perfect coach the you know to get a six pack and then i'm going to start running just go out and and do something yeah and uh if it's fun then even better if it's with people you love that's even better and if none of that and you just have to do it by yourself that's okay too yeah the key is uh, movement the key is uh, forward motion the key is uh looking forward to the next time mm-hmm. yeah absolutely great great message there uh, ricky completely uh, agree you know get started that's that's most important and then you'll figure it out as you go and you know you uh, you are a classic example and most of us have you know been doing this this essentially started small and it just evolved so perfect great great message ricky uh, thanks again uh, for spending your time uh, this afternoon i know you have a busy schedule and um, sharing your story and all the wonderful lessons uh, that you picked up on the way i'm sure people listening to this can take something away and you know try it out uh, for for themselves as well so uh, thanks i'll let you go and um, you have a wonderful evening and we we'll stay in touch well thank you so much it was a pleasure uh, interacting with you and uh, and your audience thank you so much thank you thank you Thank you.